Alrighty, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Life in San Antonio podcast. I am your host, Le Buff Wee Wee, and this is my co-host. Hey, everybody. Alrighty, welcome everybody to this wonderful morning. Uh, reason why for the funny nickname is because, well, it is Valentine's month. The month of love and tax refunds. So, whichever... Black History Month. Uh, oh, of course, yes. Black History Month. Yes. They have to shoehorn that in there somewhere. Yeah. Now, speaking of which, there's everybody gets a month but white people now. <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed that? Yes, and then, like, for Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month is all the way to September, October. Yeah, we get the spooky month. I think Asian Americans let it get in April. March, somewhere like that. Somewhere around there. No, wait. I think it's either like May or April. I think. I could be wrong. But I noticed that last year when it came up and I was like, really? Holy shit, they got an Asian American month. I did not know they had more. I know, it's like the more representation, the more we find out, the more we find stuff out. <laughs> like I said, everybody's got to have a month. Except those damn white people. <laughs> Well, I cannot. Anyway, uh, we're talking about uh, we're talking about the dark side of the low. Right? Oh yes, uh, this one. Um, believe it or not, like our last episode, we we're like brainstorming, like what do we do? Well, this is our first episode of the month, February. So like February is, of course, the month of hatred. I mean love. So reason why I say that is because we found some actually dark, twisted love stories. Or tragic tragic yeah it's really really like like i tried to uh like like what could there be but you know what there has been so i believe josh that well, that's you funny <laughs> mine mine my story leans or my stories lean more towards a jilted lover <laughs> but and that one's a little bit different and instead of a uh, the jilted lover it's the lover's Actually, or the lovers, the mistresses. Uh, what would you call the mistress? Be for I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's the wife getting revenge on the mistress. So. That kind of reminds me of I Dark. I go with first. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of Dark Man Three for some reason, where like he kills the mistress and he says, "Oh, honey, I did that for you," and then they just take off. I don't know why. <laughs> but uh Josh, why don't you uh yeah why don't, uh, why don't you uh why don't you go first i mean i'm dying to hear what you uh what you found well the first one i scrounged up tonight is um well it's morning really if you haven't figured it out folks we record at night uh this is about a succubus i mean you can't mention romantic love without you know thinking about sex or at least most guys so I found this one off Wattpad, which is not really used very much anymore. So this this took place about 14 years ago. It's uh, it's about a guy that had a run-in with the succubus. I closed my eyes and pulled the blanket to my chin inside. It was 8.30 and I was exhausted. I closed my eyes tighter and curled deeper into the soft sheet. Suddenly, I heard the door creak open and my light from the hall flooded my room. 
I heard light taps, like high heels. I tried to open my eyes, but thought I was paralyzed. I felt fear rise up in my body, and my heart began to race. I felt an inhuman presence in my room, a demonic-type presence. I felt the blanket slide off my body, cold, thin hands pulled myself. I was in my underwear. My heart stood up more, this time because I felt passion making me ache. An image was projected into my mind of a beautiful woman with large breasts, long blonde hair, and lingerie. I felt soft lips, pressed to mine, and kissed me slowly and passionately. I hesitantly kissed back, and she moved lower. I was turned on, I won't lie, but I was still terrified. It's a, a fear boner. <laughs> she did things. She did things to make me. Uh, that were uh, things that were did things to me that were unspeakable. That felt amazing, like an angel was on top of me. But she was far from it. William, I heard her say. Even her voice was fascinating. William, open your eyes. Look at me. I know you want to. I, I can't. I said. Try. She whispered close to my ear. Her breasts blowing against my tender skin. I shivered and finally got my eyes open. I felt the red glowing eyes. They were terrifying. Her large black pupils had smoky gray spots that quickly dashed around. I looked closer and realized it was spirits. The red was like fire, laughing at the whites of her eyes softly, calming and gently. Lord, I said, dreaming. What are you? I'm a succubus, dear. Demon of sorts, she whispered. You know what we do? I shook my head, she chuckled. The sound that just barely calmed my nerves. We harvest souls. She said that she then pulled a blade out of a sheath around her waist. She pressed it to my neck and laughed. Her face morphed into a hideous demonic face with red skin. The fangs replaced her perfect white She pulled the blade across my neck, and I screamed in pain. I felt a pulling sensation on my body. She started to laugh. This time, menacing, horrifying laughter that still haunts me to this day. I put my hand to my neck, felt no warmth, instead of cold, icy feeling. She pressed her lips to the wound and sucked in the icy thing that I soon realized was my soul. She was consuming my soul. I tried to push her off, but she was incredibly strong and humanly strong. After she left, I fell into a deep depression, and not because of her absence, but because of my soul's absence. I remember that before she left, she said I had three days to live. Three days. I just felt I needed to share my story, perhaps as a cautionary tale, perhaps as an eerie ghost story. I actually doubt that anyone will believe it's true, but I do, and I hope you do too. For your own safety, God, I hope you do. Wow. As much as uh, that's actually my type, I actually like uh, blondes with uh, big breasts. But uh, when, I, now that you say that, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to reconsider now. Well, no, no, it's okay as long as they don't come to you in a dream, I guess. <laughs> True. That's the thing about succubi. They can pretty much take the form that they want. So. Yes. Of course, and you got, you know... I, I was actually looking for other stories today, and I read one about, uh, you know, there was a succubi that, while uh, the guy was mounted, that she was changing ethnicity, uh, shape, sizes, hair color, uh, face shape, all kinds of, just 
whatever would make him uh, more excited at that particular moment. So, the eyes. I don't know, personally, like, the eyes, I think that'd be pretty cool to see. But, you know, it, it, it is souls being swirling around. So, I mean, if you know what's actually swirling around, I can I can understand people being off the so, uh, sort of like what was it like uh, from Disney's Hercules where like all the souls were swirling around that I can get that with minus the uh, minus the like green the glow yes exactly like the potion yeah instead of blue it's black and the souls are kind of wispy white yeah uh, the reason why I got that mental image in my head when you're reading it because I'm like yeah it's reminding me of Disney's Hercules where uh, you know Hades the underworld they trap the souls but instead of the green glow, it's actually that with the smoky gray and the white. I, I got that mental that mental picture. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were talking about it in the beginning where he they gave him the uh, bottle to uh, feed baby Hercules. Oh no no, I'm talking about like the swirl uh, the souls uh, swirling. Yeah, uh, no, I was talking about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, six the rib sticks. But I mean, I don't know personally. I've, I've read another one that uh, the ladies, she actually changed in front of them. She had large recruiting things, red skin, and uh, her eyes looked like the cosmos. So, I don't know, personally, I, I, I kind of find that hot. But, you know, each their own. Right. It's uh, what was, what was it that joke that was said like when we were growing, when we were in school back like 22 years ago, like there was there was this like dumb joke that uh somebody's oh yeah it was it was when the logs roll over we'll all be dead yeah where, where it was like what was it no, like it was completely dumb that's another dumb joke we heard yeah where it was like the white guy black guy mexican guy like they went to hell they had sex with the demon they started growing the white guy got scared because it started growing horns black guy also got scared because they all was growing horns then it came to the mexican guy he was like what are they handlebars yeah. i mean yeah, yeah. that's right that, that, was, that joke i haven't there but that joke is I know, and I brought it up because I like every time. I don't know why. Twenty-two years later, I still like. I th- I think about it at random. I'm like, dude, that was pretty damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, handlebars. Yeah, that was like, what are they handlebars? I mean, that. I mean, when they that punchline to me, I still say it to this day. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on the size. Uh, the size of the horns. You got enough grip. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess it really comes down to that. So, but I mean. You know, I just—I thought the eyes were really unique. I had never heard another story like that. So, and uh, it was uh, versus the one I read before that one. The one I was choosing between the two is the souls versus the cosmos-like stars, which was pretty interesting. Oh yes. And it, it was odd that she um, she had a weapon as well, which is another unique feature that you normally don't hear about. No, you do not hear about an entity carrying weapons. That's kind of a little bit rare. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've heard of other demons, but not Succubi doing it. So. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless. We'll go ahead and move on to the second story of my show tonight. Folks, I'm actually going to get my third story over to host me. <laughs> so, his, th- uh, his first story will be my third story. Alright. <laughs> yeah. So, our second story for me tonight is 
going to be about um, General S. Patton. And basically, uh, General S. Patton was uh, in between uh, World War II had slowly been over, and it was about 1950. Well, he was kind of having like a midlife crisis, right? Yeah. And uh, the midnight crisis protruded him to make him take a mistress. And come to find out, he had been on the island of Hawaii. And he happened to run into a familiar face. Well, that familiar face was his half-niece, which means it was the mother, mother's half-sister had a daughter. And that's who, uh, by marriage. So it's not all creepy incest there. Want to make that clarification? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, some say incest is, uh, is incest the best death or something like that. I can't remember the exact term. But, or wincest. Incest is wincest. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, General Patton, started getting along with his half niece. Well, it took it a little bit further than that, and they ended up having an affair. Well, the wife figured it out when he, she noticed General Patton and the half-niece was coming back unsupervised from an island visit, uh, occupied island, nonetheless. Well, later on, a couple of years after, George Patton died. And he died in a, a tragic accident. Not tragic, but traffic, sorry. <laughs> he ended up flipping his car and breaking his neck. Yeah. So shortly after that, the wife decided to contact the mistress. The mistress was confused and she set it up through a mutual acquaintance of theirs and asked her to meet her someplace. Well, the uh, opposite party, the two-person two party, showed up earlier. And uh, General Patton's wife walks in and says, I hope the great worm may feast on your corpse. Oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, I hope your joints rot joint by joint. Well, the mistress turned uh, completely gray. I've heard of people turning white, but she went completely gray. So, and the mutual friend was so freaked out by it, he got up and ran out the door. Well, needless to say, I don't know if it was the curse coming true, or it was in fact she was so terrified by the curse that three days later, she was found dead in her apartment due to a gas leak that she start, supposedly made herself by opening the oven of like her 1950s oven, you know, with the pilot light and everything, blew the pilot light out and let the gas fill the room. So I guess she got her in one way or another, you know, in the end. I mean, sometimes, I mean, like, you know, words, 
sometimes you know they're you know they can be powerful enough you know just enough to kill a person oh very much so i mean it uh supposedly all this magic and stuff like that is based on faith so if you have faith in it and your victim has faith in it it can actually come true either by manifesting which you know it's kind of like the placebo effect or by you know them being so scared that they worry themselves to death right because i mean this was just an unfortunate love triangle that just supposedly happened we're like okay well like the main dude died and then the other found out and the other one threatened oh no the wife knew about it for a long time she waited until the general was dead and then went after the mistress talk about poetic justice and patience and karma yeah seriously <laughs> she uh she she bit her time supposedly she had a hawaiian uh i don't know what they're called over there are they called kahunas i think i think they're called kahunas yeah. or shaman so they actually she practiced from the shaman to learn that curse spent all those years just to learn that curse to get rid of the mistress after he died. Talk about patience. You know. Right, like biding their time. I mean, I know that I've read the, you know, the memes where it's like, karma is the most patient gangster. It sure is. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. So. Anyway, that's my two for tonight. Jose off with your first story. Alright. Just pulling up my notes here. Alrighty. So, mine is, uh, well, I found these just okay, of course, this morning, because, of course, due to the weather and everything, you know, couldn't be able to find anything. Well, hope, but luckily, by luck, I found this. So, my first story is called The Bride on the Bridge. And in Stowe, Vermont, lies a covered bridge they call Emily's Bridge. There are several versions of Emily's sad tale. Some, ver- uh, some versions say that Emily and her boyfriend were meeting at the bridge to elope since her parents did not approve. He never came, and she hung herself from a rafter. And it says that another version says that Emily was left at the wedding altar. She hopped on the carriage to find her love, you know, her boyfriend. But when she reached the bridge, one of the horses was startled, and she died in an accident. And some versions say that she was killed by runaway horses on the way to her wedding. Which way you put it, Emily reached that tragic fate and it says here that visitors to the bridge have reported scratch marks on their cars and bodies and strange noises like footsteps ropes tightening and a girl screaming if you park your car on the bridge you might hear banging on the car or her body's feet dragging on the roof of the car interesting i mean uh, you would think that it would have to be underneath the bridge first of all for her feet to be dragging or the fact that was she so angry that she decided to take out her anger on other people i mean 
maybe she's stuck there because of suicide. Now, I'm not saying that's what happens, but if you if you believe that you're not going to be able to to go on to the next life after you die, and you have a belief that suicide, like a lot of religions say, you're either condemned to hell, limbo, or you're stuck to wander the earth. You know what I mean? I would I would say the purgatory only because that she never got to marry and it's like an unfulfillment. That's why I would believe that there I believe that she is stuck in purgatory and she's just trying to you know, trying to move on, trying to you know, trying to fulfill her you know, her need to be married, but of course it never came to, or be. to be loved, you know. It, it, depending on how it is, I mean for some reason it's uh, it's all about either eloping, about to be married, or on the way to getting married. And I think it's kind of screwed up that that uh, any, no matter what happens, Emily dies. There's no happy ending. Oh, you know, no, she was okay. She was crushed at first. Then she moved on and met a great guy or woman or uh, tree. I don't know. So <laughs> you just it's it's. No matter which way you slice it, she's dead. That's the only thing people can agree on. Can't how, can't figure out how she died, but sure shit, she died. You know. I know, and as when you were, uh, as when you were uh, commentating after my, uh, after my story, I think I did hear something drag on my floor. Seriously. Oh. Well, I, I mean. Was, I was like, uh oh. Supposedly there are things that you know, depending on how much you read into it, like. You know, you could open yourself up. I've heard of other uh, people, like after doing either paranormal shows or paranormal podcasts, or you know, speaking of the paranormal, that if you speak it, it will manifest or it'll open like a. Especially uh, Native Americans, they have that whole skinwalker legend. If you speak about a skinwalker or anything evil, it will hear you and come after you. I think that's what happened in our first episode a few months ago. Remember when your phone just mysteriously cut off after our first broadcast? Right. Yeah. Or, or after our video, or uh, first YouTube video, we uh, we had a storm start the minute we stopped recording. And after we stopped recording, it rained for like five minutes and then stopped. It was like, really? Are you trying to tell us something or what? You know? Right, and that day was super clear and sunny, and all of a sudden, here comes the rain, and we're like, what the hell was that? Yep, for a total of five minutes, <laughs> which is weird. That was. Okay, so, on to my next one. A deadly love triangle. This kind. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, it is the Castillo de San Marcos in St. Augustine, Florida. is one of the old, oldest masonry fort in the United States. The site itself is dripping with paranormal activity, but today we focus on an affair that led to my favorite subject, murder. So in 1784, Colonel Garcia Martí Bought, uh, brought his young wife Dolores to the fort. He wasn't the most devoted husband and often ignored his wife. 
does she found other ways to spend her time which I'm pretty sure we all know so oh, yeah she, apparently so yeah <laughs> she began an affair with her husband's assistant Captain Man, uh, Manuel Avela Dolores wore a very unique perfume when Garcia smelled on Manuel one day shortly after Dolores and Manuel were missing Garcia told everyone that Dolores had returned to Spain and that Manuel had a special assignment in Cuba. About 50 years or so later, a hidden room was found in a dungeon behind a brick wall. The remains. Oh shit! Yeah! <laughs> he walled them out! Yes, he did! It turns out that the remains of a woman and a man were found. Some versions say that they were chained to the wall. If, if you have an imagination, you can see, you know, you can picture it. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the basic skeleton set up with this, you know, chains on my hands, right. lying on the ground. Right, remember the Married with Children episode? It says, so what they feed you in here? Bread and water. That's the best vacation <laughs> I've ever had. So, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, some say that they were chained to the wall, but some say that they were in a pile of ashes. Uh, you would think it's a hermetically sealed room. So normally that would be, the bones would be intact usually, unless there was a, a hole in the wall once they opened it up or maybe something. Yes, and the last uh, sentence right here says, Sightings of a woman with a white dress have been reported on the site. Could it be Dolores? I think so. Wow. It, uh, he, that really, he went medieval on them. Because you would think that they... They, they used to do that for, like, uh, people that went crazy back in the, like, 1500s, 1600s, or they would, uh, if they had, like, a child out of wedlock and stuff like that, like, I guess, uh, I guess you can add a fair to that list. Yeah. The one thing, like, I want to say real quick is that this fool, he, I, I can't even, like... <laughs> He freaking locked him up in a dungeon. He got away with it though. That's the thing I'm wondering. If it, it wasn't it, like if he moved away or he died by the time they they found it, it's the it's the perfect you know perfect murder. The perfect murders. the perfect crime. I'm like, that's why we're like, dude, what the hell? And when you shouted it out, I'm like, yeah, like oh shit. I mean, I didn't even like like think for a second. That is like this. That someone could actually do this. Oh, and, I mean, and, I, I can't believe you brought it back. I guess he's trying to start a trend again. Right? I'm like, dude, wow. I could just imagine like chain, like chaining him up, old, you know, old torture style. I'm like, dude. It's, you know, it's uh, sort of like jigsaw almost. I know you want to play a game, you know, something like that. Yeah. Or, or like Spiral. Well, he wasn't playing, though. I don't think he was playing. He, he didn't give a chance to get out. <laughs> I mean, this is be. I, mean, I was going to Can say... you imagine um, them, their faces, just as he stilled it up brick by brick? Or actually just like... Like, this is beyond jealousy. This is just... I wonder if he said anything like, Oh, why are you doing this? He just looks at him like, Oh, you know not a damn word the silent treatment he just like lays the bricks like la brick by brick layer by layer 
that would be that would be uh, pretty creepy. I mean, or sitting there, I heard starvation's a pretty horrible way to go. But supposedly they would probably been passed out before the end came to it, or maybe they made a lover's pact and they killed each other. You know, who knows? I know who knows because one reports in that they were found like the skeletons were found chained and the other was just a pile of ashes. So who knows? Right. At that point, yeah. yeah. That was our most shocking one. <laughs> um. So, moving on, it's uh, the next one is called a forbidden love. That's kind. That's kind. I uh, hope I'm. I hope I'm saying this right. But uh, mini Quay was the 15-year-old daughter of James and Marianne Quay. They lived in Forrester, Michigan, so they often saw boats coming in and out of town. Uh, then it says here, Minnie fell in love with a sailor. Uh-oh, you all hear about them sailors now? Yeah. Well, there's nothing but semen on those boats. I know, I mean, they're long, hard, and full of semen. Yeah, apparently they were summoning her too. Yep. <laughs> but uh, not much is known about the sailors. Uh, oh, trust me, there's plenty we know. But her and her parents. Uh, I just got a, I got an image of Popeye fucking a girl. It just—that's what it came down to. I'm sorry, but I had to share. <laughs> okay, so her and her parents disapproved of this crush. Uh. Gonna take it with me, olive oil. So one. Yeah, there goes Yep, there go. Yep, there it is. <laughs> so one day. They made the way slowly, like in the Back to the Future picture. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, like Meg Griffith. No, and then she like disappears. <laughs> picture falls to the ground. <laughs> one. So one day, word came to town that his boat sank. Minnie was quite distraught, especially since her parents had forbidden her to say goodbye when he last left. Some sometime after, she was babysitting her infant brother for her parents. She left her house and walked towards the waterfront. People near the town inn, the Tanner House, waved as she walked by. Suddenly, their friendly faces turned to faces of horror as she walked in late heron. Legend says she still walks the beach waiting for her sailor to return. More frightening versions say she lures young girls toward the water and towards their deaths. Pied uh, Piper, uh, Lake Huron now. Yeah. No, but I mean, that's, that's insane. She left her baby brother all alone in the house and went and killed herself. And like, that's got to take some determination to stay down there underwater. Like... You know, have you ever gotten close to running out of breath, like underwater, and you're you're swimming your way up and stuff like that? I know how you know that that adrenaline kicks in and stuff like that. You would you would think that it would be hard not to back out of that one, you know, unless she waited herself down. I've heard of people like putting rocks in their pockets and going in, you know, just like sinking. And I could just hear the song, the Hedgehog, when he's about to run out of breath. I could just I don't know why. I'm sorry. I could just imagine that. I'm sorry. Hey. Hey, I, 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 I imagine Popeye fucking uh, this 15 year old girl. So we're not, we're not the, uh, you know, I guess we're in it together now. Yes, we are. <laughs> no, but um, it's, a, it's a shame that 
if she is luring other people to their death that, you know, at this point you figure the sailor would be dead already, but maybe they could have reunited, but no, she's still taking young girls out there. And that's, that's the screwed up part. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I was going to make a, um, a hypothesis. What if that wasn't her baby brother? What if that was her son? Right, because I mean, there's, I mean, because I mean, if this was a forbidden love, you think that somebody could have gone down between the sailor and the girl that the parents didn't know about? Well, maybe, like I said, there could have been some semen in her, and she got uh, knocked up. You know what I mean? And when she got knocked up, the parents hit it and said that it was their son, you know, their baby son, and not hers. They used to do that a lot back then, you know. Uh, quote unquote, like you hear it on Law and Order. We're trying to protect you, trying to protect themselves from the townspeople to so not be criticized. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's, you... a, that's a shame when you know, if you had to hide it from your kid that, oh, I'm not your sister. I'm your mom, you know. And you know the whole time and just you know, not saying a word. It's gotta be horrible. That is now I kinda I kinda agree with that because I can't say like you know what, yeah, that I mean yeah, it's it's been done a lot like back then, way back when. Maybe that's why she killed herself and not because of the sailor. Because maybe yeah, maybe that was the sailor's son and can't live without you know the sailor knowing he has to well, take not, care yeah. not knowing that the the kid's mom is his sister and not being able to claim that you know what I mean because you have to pretend oh no we're just brother sister not you know it, it's a different love between uh, a mother and a child usually than, than a brother and a sister you know what I mean yes so hypothesis on my part no, but that was a pretty that was a pretty good one. So now we have our last and final one. Again, a romantic murder plot. So it says here, Jesse Strang deserted his wife and children and began a new life in Albany, New York. He lived under a new name, Joseph Orton and began working at the Van Rasisler's, I hope I'm saying that right, residence at Cherry Hill. He caught Sorry, the... sorry, real quick. If it was me, I would have picked a better name than that. You know, you can pick any fucking name you want and you go with James Orton. Yeah, so... Could have been worse. Yeah. His name could have been Randy Orton. Maybe. For our wrestling fans out there, you might get a kick out of that. <laughs> or maybe he could have gone with like a porn star name, you know, like... Longfellow or something like that. <laughs> or he could have gone with my name, Buff Wee Wee. There you go. But uh, it says here that he caught the eye of the affluent... I hope I'm saying it right. Or let me see. Oh, Elsie Van Renesselaar. I hope I'm not butchering the name. But... <laughs> That sounds like a difficult name to say. I know, and I'm. But remember, we. I managed to say the. Uh, what was it? The. Uh, the dark. 
uh, Christmas Tales. So I managed to do that, and I can't even pronounce an English name, but you know, hey, yay for me, I pronounce the German names. There you go. So anyway, uh, oh, it says here that she was a married woman. That Jesse and Elsie try saying that five times decided their love could really flourish without Elsie's husband John Whipple around oh my gosh really his name is Whipple so in May of 1827 after a failed attempt at of arsenic poisoning Jesse Strang shot John Whipple so Jesse and John Whipple Yes. John Whipple just got whipped. So Yeah, he got he apparently he was getting in the way. Like the thing is, the guy was already a bad husband before he moved to the new town and pick uh picked up a new name. Like why would you do that again? Why would you try to start another marriage if you were were horrible at the last one? You know, obviously he don't want to be married. <laughs> why is he gonna be married to this girl? because the husband's in the way i don't know that's just me i know that's why uh that's why i'm like okay so that's why i'm like um uh, good point that's why i'm like yeah doesn't make sense so or you know back then you, you used to be able to do that like you just run off one wife go to a new town start another life with another wife you run off again and start another one you have that's where you get all these like tells a second family and shit like that from like back in the 60s and 70s Oh yeah, especially right now, like in the 18th, 19th century now, we're like, oh crap. <laughs> so, it turns out that Jesse and Elsie tried to hide their murder plot, but they didn't cover their tracks very well. They stuffed them under the rug, this foot was sticking out, the police came by, like, what's that? Nothing. Kick. <laughs> Kick his foot back under the rug. <laughs> You had to be pretty bad at murder, like if nobody saw you and couldn't get away with it back then. No, and it turns out that, yep, he was actually caught that Jesse Strang was found guilty of first-degree murder and Elsie Whipple was found not guilty. What the hell? She was found not guilty. For what? Well, what was she cleared of? Yeah, it's okay. According to the Albany tourist site, all members of this love triangle roam the halls of Cherry Hill. People have witnessed a ghost on the bottom floor of Cherry Hill believed to be Mr. Whipple. He is not hostile, but gives off a feeling of anger. Jesse Strang's ghost is seen where the gallows once stood wearing the same clothes he wore the day of his execution. Apparently the fucker got executed. And... <laughs> And imagine repeatedly running into both your exes in the afterlife. Now that's pretty tragic. Well, not only that, can you imagine being stuck in the same area where the asshole that murdered you because you was trying to get your wife? Like, that's gonna suck. No wonder he's angry. Kind of reminds me... It kind of remi- you shot me. I know, right? It kind of reminds me of the astrological fight in Doctor Strange between, like, two spirits just, like, fighting... <laughs> Slap fight. He's like, come down here, post haste now, sir. You know, and all you know. But yes, and so these are the haunting tales of Valentine. So I think you might want to think twice before giving your special someone a box of chocolates. Yeah, 
Why don't so give me make these? sure they're not taking somebody else. Trust me, I found something out a couple of days ago, which I sort of knew, but <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. folks, uh, tomorrow I'm going to announce that uh, we're doing a crossover episode with Comics Corner. I'm joining Jose on the topic of Spawn. Oh, yes. This one I'm really excited for because, I mean... I'm just saying, I mean, I've just, I just wanted to do Spawn. Like, it's, if it's going to be requested, hey, your wish is our command. We will do Spawn. Definitely. And, uh, I don't read a lot of comics, but I did read that one. And almost all the way through, at least till like 2008, nine. Oh, yeah, the reimagining of Spawn, yes, uh, when he had a skeletal face. Yeah, uh, that one. No, no, where he gave his powers over to the next guy. Yeah. That one, yeah. And then after that, I was like, gone. <laughs> I was like, nope. You, 250 uh, issues, and you dropped the main character. Nope, not doing that. Until 300, then you gave it back to old Al Simmons. Yeah, that's the way it should have been from the beginning. Yeah, um, this one I'm really excited. Uh, this one I am excited for because Spawn, you know, I mean, of course, I mean, this is like one of our introductions to comics, but uh, really, it was. And, a- hey, leading leading into it, if you think about the movie, uh, next topic, real quick. Corn's new album, Requiem Drop. I highly recommend it. It is on a little bit of a shorter side, but uh, hopeless and beaten and. The worst is on its way. I'd recommend those two for people who like corn. Oh yeah, me too. And of course, uh, the single um, "Start the Healing." Uh, love that one. And the one that you told me, what was it? Um, the oh, what was the second single? The dark as. Oh, um, it's. Uh... Let the dark do the rest. Let the dark do the rest. Yes, that one. Uh, you, because um, of because of a, a situation that occurred, you you sent me that one. I'm like, this is from the new album. Oh my gosh, I ordered the album from Amazon, and supposedly They're it's lacking on their shipping, to say the least. Yes, it should be arriving next week, and I'm like, well, I can stream it, but it's not the same. I when it comes right. to, like when I'm a big fan of a band. I'll get the physical copies like Corn and Slipknot. I'll buy their physical copies. I don't, I don't do the streaming. I want the uh, album in my hand. You want to be able to hold it in your hand or put it in your CD player or computer or PS4 or whatever you have on hand. You know what I mean? So. Yes, because I mean with streaming, like well, I mean if I'm out in the store or whatever, if I'm waiting, I'll I'll listen. I'll stream it. But I don't want to stream right now knowing I have the album on the way. Right. Plus those assholes left the bonus track out and put it in a Japanese version. I'm upset about that. Me too. I heard Although it and I'm like, it's, it's dude. Song, <laughs> All is forgiven, John Davis. Oh, and we did see the uh, performance. The uh, It was a Cornmiss Mass. We, we, uh, we saw it. Yeah, we were actually celebrating Cornmas, so, 
And uh, it was funny because we knew this wave. But we we didn't even know about the corn mass for Requiem last night until a couple days ago. <laughs> so it kind of coincided corn mass. I thought that was amusing. I know, and uh, it was cool. Uh, I loved how they did uh, "Falling Away from Me" with the choir and the church organ. It sounded so creepy, so spooky, and haunting. That oh my gosh, it was so awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've heard it before, but uh, they've done um, done something quite similar with uh, "Corn Unplugged" back in 2007, I think. Oh yes, or I. The I alone. Uh, Lone I played to where he did uh, Falling Away From Me too, and they had like the they had like a glass harmonica and like xylophone stuff like that so it's kind of a little bit the same not quite but, yeah it, it comes out very haunting so it does and it's off the issues album and of course uh, my favorite corn album like what well, we discussed a couple of months ago was uh mine is follow the leader but i also like issues as well and take a look in the mirror uh untouchables probably be my top and then follow the leader untouchables is awesome i love untouchables too hey apparently it must have been because they got a grammy for here's the stay so <laughs> That's like my anthem, dude, like right there. Like, well, one of the many corn anthems, but yeah, I mean, I just love how it's so powerful for me. Yeah, definitely. And personally, um, what was it? Uh, Thoughtless is like my personal anthem. So. Yeah, that's, that's honestly my, one of my favorite. If not my favorite. It's, it's kind of hard to pick a number one there. It kind it kind of is, and plus, uh, thank you for corn merch. Um, I got the basketball shorts, and they are so freaking awesome and comfortable. Only thing that sucks, no pockets. Yeah, <laughs> they they went with the blind version. So. Yeah, but, but anyway, folks, <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up for tonight, and be sure to join us next week. Yes. Uh, Any final thoughts? My final thought is be careful for Valentine's Day, any jilted lovers, cheating is not cool, and be careful who you fall for. I have uh, I have a lot to say, but I don't want to say, but just take my word for it. <laughs> yeah. And falling away from me is, is the apt title for that. So. And coming undone. <laughs> yeah. I just want to throw that in there. Well, alrighty, folks. This uh, this kind of wrap this wraps up our episode for the morning. And make sure to tune uh, tune in for Sunday afternoon for the Spawn episode. On Comics Corner. Comics Corner, and check out our new uh, subsidy called Wrestle Corner. I don't know why I'm putting everything in a corner. It just sounds like original for me. <laughs> you can quarter off the room. It's four corners to a room, so we gotta fill two more. Yes, it's like I'm in an asylum. And so we are signing off at oh my. Hey, we're not. No, we're in a studio, and oh my gosh, something just walked into the studio. Whoa. Damn, she looks right. Holy shit! Well, that's it for this week, folks. Uh, my, my co host just got killed by a succubus. <laughs>